In this episode of CrossFitter Conversations, Dallas and I are going to talk about his upcoming birthday and talk about strange things that are insured by Lloyd's of London. It's going to be a very different conversation and an interesting one. Stick around. It's going to be good. Welcome to the CrossFit Edwardsville Community Podcast, where we hear and learn from our coaches, CrossFitters, and Glen Ed community leaders. Now, here are your hosts, Dallas and Greg. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the CrossFit Edwardsville Community Podcast. I am your co-host, Dallas, with Communicate to Succeed, helping introverted entrepreneurs uh, so that they can, you know, a lot of them feel frustrated when they get, or they get the butterflies when they feel like they have to speak or do public presentations and think they have to fake confidence or fake extroverted things. I help them actually leverage their introversion and their passion to communicate more clearly and feel more confident. So very excited to have you all today. And with me, as always, my co-host. What's up, guys? I'm Coach G, CEO and GM at CrossFit Edwardsville. And today's episode, we're just going to have a CrossFitter conversation, raising a frosty cup of coffee. Hot one for me. (laughs) Cheers to my man Dallas here, who I'm excited. He's got a birthday coming up later this month. What, uh, yeah, which, you, you said you wanted to talk about my birthday, so I figured you had specific questions. I, I can start out by saying I'm not really a huge birthday guy. Okay. Historically, historically, um, this year I will. Uh, this year I'll be turning 43. Yeah, um, that's my first question. Is how yeah, old are you going to be this year? So this year I'll be turning 43. Uh, but funny enough, last year I started thinking of it. So this is where it's going to get fun. I started thinking of it not in terms of years, because again, something about that, um, there wasn't, I, I didn't have the marking of the passing of time, the celebration of it in the way that I have friends who celebrate, uh, they sell, it's it's my birthday month, or they get away for a birthday weekend, or they go, you know, it's four or five days of, and I just was never that guy. Um, but there's some fun things about my birthday, but but the last couple of years, I've started thinking of that more like it's time for the operating system upgrade. So this year, I get to go into operating system 4.3. And what does that have for me? What are going to be the new things I'm going to add to my operating system? What are going to be the new development? What bugs am I working out in version 4.3 that maybe got revealed in 4.2 or had been around for a long time? So um, I'm looking at it more like... Like it's a system, it sounds like I'm in the matrix, but it's a system upgrade that I get to discover what the new operating system has for me this year. So wait, the the system 4.3 is a play on your age, 43. Yeah, that right? well, yeah, that's it, 4.3. Last year it was 4.2. And so then what does this look like? Because I'm trying to wrap my brain around this. Like what does this <laughs> mean? What, what exactly is Dallas going to be doing then for this operating system upgrade? Yeah. So one of the things I look at in the month of March is I look at the, you know, everybody makes their new resolutions um, Mm -hmm. and everybody says, I'm going to change this about myself and change that about myself. Uh, I do a very similar thing, but I look at it as far as assessment. You know, there were things I said I wanted to hit in in version 4.2 that some of them have worked, some of them haven't. And so now it's more about, okay, so there are things in my character that, you know, there's kind of, you've heard me say this, G, but I talk about this with my power playbook and and with my coaching clients. Um, 
I look at life as you kind of have four macros. And in, in nutrition, we talk about the three macros, which you know those, but I'll let you go ahead and say them for everybody. What are yeah. the three macros of nutrition? Protein, fats, and carbs. Proteins, fats, and carbs. Hopefully good carbs, right? Hopefully things like vegetables. Um, but if we get those if we get those macros in the right proportions, we can meet our nutritional goals based on the demands. So for instance, a marathoner has a very different macro need setup than a power lifter. A power lifter has a different one than a football player. Even on a football team, a quarterback's diet is different than a linebacker's diet. A linebacker's diet is different than a wide receiver's diet because it's based on what your life needs are that you adjust the macros accordingly, correct? Sure. So- so I think in the same way, we have four life macros, and they are spiritual, physical, relational, and professional. And what okay. ends up happening in those four, again, spiritual, re, spiritual, physical, relational, and professional. What ends up happening, though, is sometimes people will lean heavy into the professional, and they'll feed their professional life to the death. Especially guys, probably. Especially, Especially guys. Yeah. And, and some, you know, driven women and things like that are really say, hey, professional is all important. And so they pour, they feed, feed, feed their professional life. Meanwhile, over here, they're malnourished spiritually or they're malnourished physically or spiritually, whatever, relationally. Um, someone who's got a great business, but they're on their third marriage because everything keeps falling apart. Or someone who's all spiritual and doesn't have any sense of what the rest of the world is happening around them as far as physically or, you know, they could say, super spiritual person, they're a 10, but physically they're five, you know, they're 50, 60, 70 pounds overweight, and they're at a two. So if we feed those four life macros the right way, physical, spiritual, relational, and professional, then we actually have a healthy life. And we have, people would say a work-life balance, but I think it's more of a balance of internal world and external world. And if sure. we find a way to to balance those properly, we actually have a healthy life and some seasons require more professional. Now, again, just like a quarterback needs a different or more relational. Or exactly. More some possibly. seasons you have to pour into a different part. And um, so I kind of assess myself. I, I have a scouting report that I do with my clients and I go through and I look at my scouting report and I go, Oh, I really fell behind in those particular points or, Oh, I'm falling behind in these points or, you know, in my spiritual walk, God reveals something to me that I'm like, man, that's a, that's always a sticking point for me and my wife or for me as a dad, I always fail here. Or I glitch, you know, I glitch here thinking you using the terminology of software. And so the, the upgrade is first a needs assessment. Where am I scoring on these areas? What needs a little bit of attention? And then what do I want to do to those? Is it going to be, for instance, um, I have found that I haven't been praying for my wife very much in the last six months or so. And I know that's a huge thing to say here, and that's a confession for you all to know. Mm -hmm. But what was happening was we have started our marriage has it, there's been a lot of raising the kids and business mm -hmm. transactions. And so it's become very much a, hey, we're partners in this. Amston Incorporated. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so I've looked at her more like, hey, we're helping each other. But I haven't been praying for her, not as my wife, but praying for her as a daughter of God. Mm -hmm. So for instance, one of the things I've been doing in this last month is I pulled out ye old book called um, Power of a Praying Husband. And I've been praying, 
being pranked. The wife has the power of a praying wife book. Yeah, Stormy Omarson or something like that, yeah. So, so that's like one of the places where I'm going, okay, what, what kind of upgrade is needed in my relationship? What kind of upgrade it is needed for me as a father? What kind of upgrade in my business? What kind of, and so that way I then start to look at, all right, here's the 4.3 upgrades that I need to make for this year. And, um, and they, a lot of them resolve, revolve around, um, I mean, there's upgrades in all of them, but there's some big ones in uh, physical that I want to mm -hmm. upgrade when it comes to to nutritional things that I've made choices on versus what I want to be seeing in the next year. Um, again, to look better, perform better, feel better, uh, not in that particular order, but, um, but there's upgrades there that I want to see. There's upgrades as a husband that I want to see upgrades as a business person that I want to see. Um, I've got a, I've got a mentor that I specifically talked with them and said, Hey, these are three areas in my business. I need to work on because I'm good in A, B, and C, but D, E, and F are suffering. And because of that, my business is not doing, it's not firing on all cylinders. So that's what I mean when I say the 4.3 upgrade or the 43-year-old upgrade. Yeah, so th these are, this is the way you kind of like reassessing like the, the state of affairs. This yeah. is the state of the union address Dallas is doing with himself. Yeah, is assessing all these different four areas. So, so like, you know when you you know when you get a you get an app upgrade on your phone, and or or an or an OS. I know for you Android listeners, that's a different terminology. But for like my iOS, it'll say we've fixed this bug and this bug and this bug. That's yeah. part of what it is. It's like, boy, what bugs do I want to fix, and what performance um, enhancements? Not perform, not PEDs, but what yeah. what performance enhancements do I need to make um, in order to in order to have a better user experience on this thing I call life? So then, what are what are two bugs that Dallas is going to be addressing? And then what what are what are two things like what are two areas where you feel like you're kicking ass and you can brag on yourself now a little bit? So the bugs. Okay. And also the uh, the big victories. So I would say um, two of the two two of the biggest bugs. One comes around nutrition, and mm -hmm. the other comes around consistency of clients in my business. So um, y'all are getting y'all are getting like a therapy session with Dallas here today. This is awesome. Coach G Scales bringing the heat, and I'm just laying on the couch telling you yeah. about it. So um, nutritionally, tell, tell me all of your thoughts. <laughs> What what I have been noticing nutritionally um, is, and and I it's funny. I one of the things I do is I run the mindset calls for um, for a program called Joel Staley Fitness, and it's a it's a shed fat program. But I run the mindset calls for them, and and one of the things that I am noticing is I have been looking more at who I want my future self to be in three years, five years, ten years from now. And I'm beginning to ask myself, is what I'm eating, is the fuel I'm putting in the tank, um, the high performance, high octane fuel that I want, or is it or is it or not? Is it or is it not serving me? And, um, right. and so I'm beginning, I have in the last couple of months really started paying attention to the way certain foods make me feel. And, um, and what used to be for me, historically, and I know it's this way for a lot of people, and we've talked about this, you know, on previous podcasts, G, is um, historically food is one of two things for me. It's either an emotional crutch or it's a reason to celebrate. 
Okay. So, so it's, it's some form of it's got food has always ha- kind of had an emotional tie. So if I'm yeah. having a really great day, Hey, we need some food to celebrate. Or if I'm having sure. a really bad day, Oh, I need some food to make me feel better. You know, yeah. comfort food, stick to your ribs sort of food. But what I'm, what I'm realizing now in version 4.2, I started getting these glitches where it was like, Oh, I don't necessarily have the energy to make it all day. Sometimes if I eat garbage like that at lunch. Or, oh, I don't necessarily, if I decide to um, do pizza night with the kids on a Friday, Saturday, I feel inflamed and garbage. And so I'm starting to assess, like, what does the body feel like post-meal? Not just, sometimes it's, you know, 30-minute or an hour post-meal, but sometimes it's the next day as well. Like, boy, if I feel super inflamed and I didn't sleep well. So I'm beginning to figure out what foods serve me. And what ones don't and version 4.3 is to actually um, start to eliminate the things that no longer serve my future self. So that would be a would be nutrition. Um, Some things serve you and some things sabotage you. Yeah. Like, Like us, us being both like athletes for life. Like we need to, it's really important to look at food as a way of fueling an amazing life an amazing right. life it's it's not <clears throat> it's not the 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 feel better quick drug and i always i've always said it's really important you kind of hit on this that we don't we don't treat food like it's a, a reward for good behavior right you know like we're not dogs we're not seals and it's important that we don't like treat it like hey we get a better tasting fish for right. good behavior you right. know what i mean because then it it turns into food becomes a perpetually self-destructive cycle where yeah. every time something good happens, nutritionally we implode. Every time something bad happens, nutritionally right. we implode. And so you're getting hurt on both ends. Right. And nobody and nobody wants to hang out in the middle ground either. Like you know, <laughs> being like the like the today was kind of average. Next day is kind of average. That's no fun to hang out there either. You right. know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And and it's, for me, it's one of those things where I know my, I I know most of my weak spots when it comes to food and I, and, um, and I don't, I've been, I've been um, paying attention more and and we've talked paleo style Um, for me to, you know, we paleo, keto, Mediterranean, blah, 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 all the things. Um, I think, is that like the second time I've said that on this episode? All the things, blah, blah, blah. Um, What's the Seinfeld term for it? Yada, yada, yada. Uh, No, I mentioned the bisque. Anyway, for those of you who get that reference, enjoy it. I won't go into it too deep there. But for for me personally, I am finding that um, more protein and more fats are serving Mm -hmm. this phase of my life better. Sure. I have a cooler energy, long, longer lasting energy. Um, and it just seems like the burn is cleaner when, when I'm a little bit more in high fats, healthy fats, high fats and, um, and, uh, and higher protein levels and quality proteins at that. I'm even finding that certain proteins aren't serving me like I want. Um, so, so I'm really focused on in these next couple of months of what it means to actually start to really uh, burn clean cool. in, in the fuel and, w- and what that 
what that looks like. And you and I have, we talk, you know, I regularly am reporting to you what's your workout plan for the week. Cause you're, you're my accountability coach at the, at the gym. But, um, but this is something I've been playing into and leaning into. And even you mentioned the reward response element of it. Um, if something, if something makes me feel bad later, I should be aware of that and go, okay, so obviously sure. that's not a reward if I feel bad right. later about it. Uh, and, and the other thing too, is there's a Pavlovian response to the times of day that I want to eat as well. So, um, you know, the witching hour from 7 PM to 9 PM where I, where it's like, get the kids down. And then my wife and I might sit and watch a show. Well, then it's like, Oh, it's snack time. Well, no, it's not simply that's a Pavlovian response. Ding, 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 ding. And I'm like, Oh, what, what it's time to eat. So, so I'm, I'm being aware too, that there's times of response that my body says it should eat only because they've been conditioned to think that's when it is. So also listening to my body as to when I actually need to, I don't, I don't stop at the gas station just because I'm passing the gas station. Right. I stop when I see I'm below a quarter of a tank or the low right. fuel light comes on. Then I'm like, Oh, I need fuel now. But if I'm below a quarter of a tank, I'm like, Oh, this is, you know, gas is a decent price at this station. Cause I'm in St. Louis rather than Illinois. So I'm going to fill up now. So, so I'm trying to pay attention to that response too, that there's a, it's not an automatic need, it's a system need. And if I can yeah. pay attention to that, that's going to be helpful for my nutrition as well. It seems like you're becoming more aware of there are, there are certain like, <clears throat> there are certain signals that your body will send you time to eat. And some of them are appropriate signals. You know, there are times yeah. when your body needs to fuel and there are the Pavlovian signals where, you know, every time I sit down to watch a show, I'm used to eating. Right. So my body is trained when I sit down in front of the TV. Now I'm trained right. to salivate and become hungry. Right. But maybe I don't need to fuel anything at that point. I might have enough fuel on board, which means that I might right. just be doing accidental water. Accidental eating. Yeah, you might just need water, but <clears throat> avoiding the trap of accidental or like impulsive yeah. uh, eating by mistake or eating by right. default versus it's eating mindless. intentionally, eating purposefully, eating to fuel your amazing life. Right, right. And so that's that's kind of one of the main upgrades is nutritionally. I want to pay Got attention. It. So that's bug that. number one. Yeah. And then uh, bug number two is uh, the, so again, for those who who know me, you know, a little bit about me. I am a coach. I do coach individuals, but really where I, and, and I can do the uh, life goal setting, business coaching, professional level coaching. That's where some of my training is. But really what I love to do is if it has to do with a microphone, if it has to do with a stage, a camera, a lot of people have to present in public for the success of their business. And, um, the truth is most people don't present well. Most people don't know how to speak fluently or comfortably. And especially introverted folks think that they have to fake being an extrovert. They have to fake all the confidence. They have to do the things that extroverts do, but they hate it. It's not, it's not good for them. I love helping people consistently get results whenever they have to present or speak, or if they have to get their messaging out through an e-course, a funnel, a webinar, a podcast. I love helping people build those things. That's kind of the main part of my coaching and consulting is over here in presentation communication. That's where I live. Again, I can do the life coaching thing. 
But presentation communication. Here's what I am realizing, though, is um, there has been an inconsistency to the clients that I have not been able to have predictable income personally. So, mm-hmm. so I will have a really good month where I onboard multiple clients, and then it's like I get busy working in the project-based work with them. So my marketing goes down. I, I kind of pull back on the marketing and I'm not filling the pipeline. So I've identified weak points in my marketing strategy and specifically for my business, the two, I, I'm not a paid marketing guy. I don't do a bunch of paid ads or paid marketing. My two areas are, um, are referral marketing through referral partnerships with friends and colleagues. And then number two, organic marketing, which is online marketing, but it's more like reaching out, helping people organically in Facebook groups and, and building value so that then they come and they see what I do and they ask about it. The organic marketing is a little bit of a long game, but it does pay off. The referral marketing, it's a longer, it's a long game too, but it's not as long because um, I work, I work with a business coach who actually has a referral marketing strategy. And so I would say I have um, been in and out of those two different marketing strategies in a way that's been inconsistent in my marketing for my business. The target here is to go, is to crank up the referral partnership program that I'm in. And if anybody listening to this, if you're inter, if you have to grow your business through referrals, I would love to tell you about my coach. She's freaking awesome to the agendas of the meetings you have with referral partners. Everything is, everything is very strategic. I'd love to tell you about her. Um, but, uh, my goal is to actually build up consistent income through my referral marketing strategies so that I can actually go into paid marketing later this year. But the um, again, it's been, oh, jump in, get a bunch of clients, work on the projects with them, and then lose the marketing versus right. versus I've now gone through, I did a I did a time audit of my weekly schedule uh, about two weeks ago. And I realized, oh, I'm I'm not spending the percentage of time on marketing consistently that I need to. So so taking and making my productivity blocks in my calendar so that I can implement consistent marketing strategies every day for multiple hours a day. Because right now, it's, it seems like you're either in the business or out of the business. That's it. And, and Dallas needs both. I get it. So this yeah. is that's bug number two. It's like you have a you have a smart plan for addressing it. What about bragging on yourself? Two uh, two areas where Dallas is kicking ass. <laughs> bragging on myself. Um, so I to celebrate you too, not just because sure. of your birthday coming up, obviously. But I, w- you know, this I is would. A, say... This is an important topic, by the way. Like something that I do as a coach myself is I'm very big on trying to identify the victories that you've yeah. had. So that, especially for us, like we're very achievement oriented people. It's very easy for us to constantly like we do a thing and then we immediately jump to the next thing. Yeah. We're used to constantly like looking forward. Entrepreneurs always are looking forward, thinking about the next thing and not taking the time to sit and actually like sit in the victory and enjoy the moment. Right. Yeah. So you have a birthday coming up. You've been doing some things well in in 4.2, transition to 4.3. What are what are the areas where Dallas needs to be recognized for kicking some ass and taking some names? 
So I would say the, and, and I agree with you, it's hard sometimes to do this part, but it is crucial and it's important because um, often we become our biggest critic and our own worst enemy. So we well, also it gets have rewarded, to, it gets repeated too. Yeah, so. yeah, and you have to be a raving fan of what you do. And I would say if there's anywhere where I consistently crack the bat and, and drive it to the outfield or, or further, would be anytime I'm asked to speak, anytime I'm asked to talk on a microphone or do an interview or something like that, I just crush it. And, um, and I should because I'm a communication expert. Sure. But, but I think what I'm able to do is I'm able to read an audience quickly, um, find the groove that they need me to stay in. And I can actually, I can adapt and morph whatever my subject around what I feel is happening in the room at that point. So, sure. so my empathy level when it comes to public speaking is really high. Um, and of course, someone's listening to this right now being like, really? Because you've talked a lot and I've been waiting for you to shut up. But <laughs> um, I would say that would be one area is I, I, um, I can confidently say being on a microphone is what I do better than I do anything else in the planet. Um, so that would be, that would be number one. Number two, I, I agree, by the way, for like, well, just for the record, having seen you in multiple venues, multiple, multiple mediums, yeah. I know that you are like, you're, you're phenomenal when it comes to presentation. Period. Well, thank you. And you haven't, and you haven't even seen me, gift. you haven't even seen me uh, uh, in a couple of those avenues. Like for instance, uh, uh, stand up comedy, stand up comedy and leading worship at our church. Yeah. I need yeah. to have you come out some, sometime when I'm doing that. Um, not because I perform, I'm not doing that. I'm, but but it's something that I love to do, and I I'll love do. It. I'll do a surprise uh, guest drop cameo in. one day, and I'll I'll oh. be in the back wearing sunglasses, so you don't know it's me. Rick, I uh, they're gonna be uh, orange sunglasses. I know your sunglasses. Well, so this thing, like I told uh, another friend of ours, Josh Turner, who's yeah. the founder of Linked Selling and an entrepreneur and awesome guy, one of our crossfitters at CFE. Awesome. Yeah, he. Uh, I told Tim I was going to, because he, he has a secret aspiration to go and do an open mic night on a guitar. Secretly, he's he's a great uh, guitar player and would okay. love to go do open mic night. I told him I was going to sneak into the back because he doesn't want anybody to know when he's going to present. Like he's just He wants to go and just do it to like an audience that doesn't know him. And I told him I was going to uh... sneak back and watch there. And he's like, Psh, like. <laughs> He, he said, dude, I'm going to know it's you. You're going to be the only asshole there drinking a Fit Aid and not a beer. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Like, and it's literally going to be a big E CrossFit yeah. Edwardsville shirt on. You'll, you'll see. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, by the I way, know, I don't uh, do shout, out to, very well, shout I guess. out to Josh Turner. I will gladly go with you, brother. Uh, when, when, you, uh, when you decide to do that, I would gladly go sit and listen. Um, right, yeah. So victory number one. Yeah, so, it, so 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 presentation. Kill the microphone. Two, it's it's actually similar field, but it's for my coaching clients. So I run now a um, one of the one of the programs I offer is a six week keynote mastermind group, where we get about four or five people in a in a keen. They they have to develop either a five minute, fifteen or fifty minute talk for something coming up, or or they just need to work on their presentation skills, and I help them build what their presentation is okay and that group we you run it weekly for six weeks and you go from starting with your target audience all the way through to having your slides and your presentations built and presenting 
a 15 minute, but by the end of it, you've got a five, a 15 and a 50 minute talk ready to go. Um, and that group, we are crushing it. Um, the current group, there are three. This one that's going to end on March, uh, March 10th is their, their presentation day. And uh, then the next one's going to be starting up the week after that. But I love those people and seeing them blossom, go from, I'm not sure what I'm even going to talk about to this last week, they ran through their openings. And I was like, oh my gosh, you hooked us from like, I love that. So when I get a chance to coach people in presentation and speaking skills, and I see the light bulb go off in their eyes, and I see them blossom as a speaker, literally within a six week sprint, man, that, that to me, I'm like, I'm, I'm doing what I'm, I'm doing it. I love it. And I'm doing it. Cause I think you're, you're, you're because you're acting in your zone of genius like yeah. all of us have certain gifts that we have and i would say like all of us we have certain god-given superpowers i think you're acting within your god-given superpowers now granted like you had strengths you developed through right stupid amounts of application and practice yeah, I mean, when you say ten thousand hours to mastery, you know that old saying: it takes ten thousand hours. Not glad I think, right? Yeah, Something like I believe that. it is. Um, I would say, I just realized that this year, at forty-two, I have been doing some form of performance or stage communication for thirty years. Wow, man! So I'm like, yeah, I, I put in my ten k. Everything right. from stand-up comedy to music to worship, musical theater, acting on stage, acting on screen, speaking at churches, speaking at businesses, training people on how to do it. I'm like, oh, I, I, I'm easily rounding out 30,000 hours of my life at this point. Absolutely. So this, you know, this allows me to, to kind of bring up a question I wanted to ask since the yeah. start, which is Dallas. If you had to identify a couple of superpowers that you need to trademark or like take out an insurance policy on, what would they be? Because before we rolled tape here, came up in conversation, Lloyd's of London is famous. They're an insurance organization that has insured many very interesting and unusual things for yeah. many famous people over yeah. the years so what i'm gonna do i will, yeah, I will read, read us off a few of these because they're gonna weird. highlight a few of these yeah so these are strange these are yeah so i'll start here so there's a a gentleman let's see right here or at the end of the take my notes all right there's a gentleman named brady white who in the early 90s was sort of dubbed the santa to the stars he was famous for doing marketing, advertising appearances, and holiday ads for several luxury brands. Yeah. He took out, out an insurance policy on his beard back in 1992. Let's see. Uh, a rare, an array of taste buds and noses in the food and wine worlds have been yeah. in, insured before. The bulbous schnoz of comedian Jimmy Durant. Really? Uh, yes. Cuddy Sark's policy for the Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> uh, the Loch Ness Monster. That policy was uh, taken out as a publicity stunt in the 1970s. Wait, 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 wait. For the Loch Ness Monster? Yes. The Loch Ness Monster. What are they insuring there? 
the the myth the is probably i'm guessing there's not a lot of detail here i believe it's probably an insurance policy on the life of the launch nest monster like if it were to die oh, he has wow. a life insurance policy on the well launch sure nest because monster. it's i bet they can actually calculate the tourism to Loch sure. Ness every year so that doesn't actually now that i think that through that doesn't surprise me all right up next tom jones the famous musician oh, it's, baby it's not unusual to be loved by him tom jones's chest hair is insured oh my gosh. <laughs> please tell me conan o'brien's quaff oh you know i don't see that on this list but probably should be because his hair is amazing it's iconic yeah it's iconic it's and uh, it's him and the uh, diners drive-ins and dives guy the guy fieri his his right yes sunglasses and blonde hair spikes but uh, so I looked into this a little bit more, and it turns out Tom Jones's chest hair, the, the reason it's insured is not he's worried about some catastrophic thing happening, like some kitchen fire that sets his chest on fire. So it turns out people grab his chest hair and pull it mm. when they are within reach of him at his concerts. Sure. Which you can, I guess I can kind of see that. I yeah. kind of see that. Yeah. What's so, new, pussycat? What else? Yeah. <laughs> That Tom Jones has. But I'm trying Tom to think of Jones. all the Tom Jones references I have right now. Tom Jones is not the only person to have a multi-million dollar, which by the way, five million dollar insurance policy on his chest hair. Wow. Uh, I want you to name another person, another famous individual, Dallas, who might want to take out an insurance policy on their chest. Uh, well, you say chest, so I'm going away from males all, when you say that, because uh, I was thinking chest hair at the time. It might have been somebody like Burt Reynolds as well. Uh, but uh, but I would say I would say it's got to be maybe um, multi multi million dollar on their chest. I'm going to go with Elvira. Ooh, no, good guess though. So roughly the same. Pam Anderson. Not Pam Anderson. You're on the right track though. Keep going. Um. This this is where everybody starts going. Okay, Dallas is a creepy guy. He's referencing the he's referencing famous chess. No, no, because you're um, right. Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton is the winner. Dolly yep. Parton, four million dollar insurance policy. Also, let's take it back to the men for a second. I want you to name perhaps the most famous tongue in rock and roll history, Dallas. It have to be Gene Simmons. Gene Simmons of Kiss, over a million dollar insurance policy. It on feels his like tongue. it turned into a trivia game. <laughs> it kind of did. I find this yeah. is fun. All right, yeah. famous New Jersey area voices, Dallas. Famous rock and roll singer voices. <clears throat> Specifically from New Jersey, I would have to. I mean, for me, it would be John Bon Jovi. Ooh, not John Bon Jovi. What there's one of those uh, three names though is on this list. John. Uh, the John. Bon. So Bon. Uh, bon qui qui. Oh. Whoops. Nope. Sorry, I had that wrong. Anyway, uh, Bruce Springsteen. Oh, Bruce, Bruce Springsteen. Springsteen. Is he? He's. Is he Jersey? I thought he was Jersey. I thought he was. I thought he was uh, Detroit's baby. I thought he was. I, I don't remember. I don't remember. I'm not a I'm not a Springsteen fan, so I would never have guessed him. Uh, also, Bob Dylan and Rod sure. Stewart. Sure. And uh, Paul Simon. Paul Simon for his voice. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, huh. That's intriguing. No, I mean, I you think about you think about people like that who 
something about them is iconic or just the fact Bruce Springsteen says he's going to do a concert tour. It's worth more than $4 million. So he's got to take sure. care of his voice and got to take care of his uh, vocal cords for all of that. Because if not, a lot of people lose money if he cancels concerts. I don't think a lot of people yeah. think about that when they, when you think about what, you know, let's say what Le, uh, LeBron James, his latest contract. Well, yeah. he puts people in the seats, but everybody in that arena has a job that's working at that arena because of him. All the, you know, right. all the coaches, the assistant coaches, the bu- 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 all of those things. I don't think when we think someone commands a certain salary or an insurance policy, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that come from that, that roll to other people as well. Well, yeah. I mean, if he, if he is in the game, the ticket sales are higher, right. the concessions sales right. are higher. They probably sell more jerseys on that day. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. They require more staff for the production because there's more people in the arena. Right. You know? Right. So more people have jobs. So the, the ROI of a basketball for LeBron James is billions of dollars. Yeah, Millions. exactly. Well, and again, same for these guys. I mean, Gene Simmons goes to sing somewhere. It'll 50,000 seats gone like that. People don't even yeah. think about it. Not just that. But it's also the people that come into St. Louis to watch the Rolling Stones perform. Tourism. Also, they, they go out and they get food after the event. Right. They get drinks after the event. They're, they're taking parking spaces in the parking garage. Right. right. And so there's like a huge economic impact to these big acts showing up in town yep all righty uh famous hands keith richards of the rolling stones speaking of which he has a so 1.6 million dollar policy on his hands i'm sure eddie van halen had one at some point too you know i think i have heard that Give me a second here. Yeah. Um, Abbott and Costello ensured their legendary comedy routine, Who's on First? Okay, so you want to know something interesting about that. I, I happen to know a weird random factoid about Abbott and Costello. Okay. That made them millions because of radio and television. So back in the day, they were one of the many vaudeville acts that were ha- were going around to clubs and working material and things like that. And there was a lot of duo acts at the turn of the century and early 1900s. So what happened was there were probably 20 different comedy acts doing who's on first Abbott and Costello got on the radio and got it recorded on TV and it blew up their career and it left all of these other comedian duos. They couldn't do it anymore. People would literally shout out. It was branded hey, Abbott do and it, Costello. Do it. Yeah, it was do Abbott and Costello's thing. And people hated Abbott and Costello because mm. of the fact that they took this piece that a lot of them have been doing for 10, 15 years and made it famous to them. So that's a really intriguing one. Uh, but again, that would have been, that probably would have been pre-copy, pre-modern copyright laws. So they probably got away with it. Uh, anyway, it there's a, <laughs> folks, you come here for CrossFit. You come here for nutrition advice to connect with our CrossFitters and sometimes local gen ed leaders. And then occasionally you get facts about Abbott and Costello. <laughs> and Dolly Parton's chest. Right. So other other famous body parts, um, people that have their legs insured. Betty Grable was, she was a, a model and famous person back in the yep. day. Also Tina Turner. Yep. 
has her legs insured, a million dollars per leg. And um, a couple of this is interesting ones, some men that have their legs insured. If you had a guess, such the general categories of men that may have their legs insured, Dallas, what would you guess? Uh, I would say, um, I doubt it's rich frowning. I would no. say <laughs> um, men that have their legs insured. Yeah, just general I categories. Would, I would think maybe certain athletes do. David Beckham is one. Yeah, okay. I was going to say it's got to be athletes that have to use their legs more. Footballers, that makes sense. That's uh, one. Probably, I wonder if any, uh, like, I'm wondering if somebody like Sean White, who's a famous snowboarder, because, I mean, I know he's yeah. an amateur when it's Olympic time, but he's not an amateur all the time. Um, he's the greatest of all time. That's true. He's the goat of snowboarding, let's be honest. How many Olympics has he been in? Six? Like 24 years of doing it? Something um, ridiculous. And I will say that like watching, because I think he's like roughly the same age as me, watching him on a snowboard as a, an aspirational snowboarder myself, which I don't know if you know this, Dallas, but uh, this Saturday, me and my family are driving out to Colorado. Is it this week? Yes, this Saturday Yay. we drive out and I'm going to be spending some time on the slopes out there trying to hone my craft and i will say that he makes it look so easy effortless to do all of these stunts in a vert pipe flying 30 feet in the air and i'm on the green slopes out there crashing yeah. on most of my descents so my son saw respect. him my my 11 year old watched uh, a little bit of the snowboarding events at the last olympics and he was like dad i bet i could do that that looks so cool i'm like son yeah. they make it look so easy you would yeah. have shattered femurs shattered fibias tibias ulnas radio i mean it, they, everything you'd be broken um last year dallas knows this last year i went snowboarding in the it was new year's eve i went snowboarding and I, I i crashed a bunch like i always do one of my crashes was so substantial i thought i broke my arm i was sure that i broke my arm and my right arm was out of commission for several weeks and so Fun side fact about me, during that several weeks where my right arm was essentially useless, I learned to do a lot of things left-handed, and I still, to this day, make myself do those things left-handed, at least do. some of the time, so that I maintain the skill on yeah, this side. So take that. a lemon, make lemonade. That's right. Of course you did. All right. Michael Flatley. Does that name ring a bell? Oh, yeah. He's the river dancer. He's the Lord, he's the of, the Lord of the Dance. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he's got his legs insured as well. That's with... funny. I, I, I think things I, – I wonder if people like, uh, you know, Yanni had his mustache so iconic for so long. or Like if there's stuff right. that's iconic as well about that person. Yeah. Um, you know, forever Magnum P.I., that look for Tom Selleck. The mustache. I'm sure during the I'm sure during the show. I'm sure he probably was. There's no need for the the policy any. Um, yeah, that is what an intriguing thing. So Lloyd Lloyd's of London does all of these. Lloyd's things. of London. They, what, a, what a deal. What would they, you insure? Um, what would you insure about you? Me? Gosh, I don't know. When I, so everybody has a few superpowers. If I think about. The things that are my superpowers, I don't know if they're insurable, but one of them is I'm really good about 
always choosing the long-term better thing over the short-term easier thing. Mm -hmm. That's one of the core things that's allowed me to be, you know, successful in business, successful in health, successful in relationships, I guess. So that'd that'd be one thing. I'm, I'm fairly confident both with the written word and the spoken word. Yeah. I don't know if that's insurable. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe this incredible beard that I'm developing here. <laughs> Somebody asked me just the other day. For those of you watching, uh, it looks like neither Gene or I have shaved our face for a few days. Um, <laughs> and somebody asked me, "Are you growing a beard?" I'm like, "No, I just ran out of time and needed to shave my head, so I just focused on the most important part." Um, you know, yeah, but it's your- a whole look, you know. Oh yeah, no, this is definitely a look that is working well for me. <laughs> keep, keep the fa- well, it's been keeping the face warm throughout this uh, pretty savagely cold winter that we had up until recently. But yeah, no complaints from this guy that we're going to be in the 60s and 70s this week. I am thrilled. You know, I I, I got to go back to your first superpower there, the willing to the willing to forego the short term mm-hmm. for the long term. And I actually wrote this quote down the other day, and I thought of you as soon as I every now and again I put quotes in my phone. So I'm going to I'm going to leave you with what I think would be your billboard statement. How's that? Okay. Hit me. So, Hold on, let me you, get my coffee. I'm excited. Okay. You ready for this? All right. I'm ready. And again, it wasn't written specifically for you, but the moment I wrote it, I said that's G. The moment I wrote it down. You cannot own the result if you're unwilling to pay the price of the process. Yes. I agree with this. Right there folks, you're seeing it for those of you watching. You cannot yep. own the result if you're unwilling to pay the price of the process. I'll do a little shout out to our dude, Christian Roten, who has a great quote. He's one of our CrossFitters, the CFE, one of our best CrossFitters, he's an amazing monster. guy. One of his, one of the quotes that he's known for, this is a Christian Roten original. He said, everybody wants the bacon, but nobody wants to kill the pig. I think his grandma said that. Yeah, and he adopted it, but it's, that's a yeah. great quote. It's I a great quote. quote. Yeah, nobody wants to go through the butcher process, but you got to. Well, we had a good time here today, Dallas. Yeah, I we said we were going to keep up. this to about 20 to 25 minutes, and we've gone almost 45 <laughs> or so. So uh, these are always fun, though. Yeah, I had a good time, man. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for shooting the breeze with me here. I'm Thanks glad for sharing the, uh, your thoughts, sharing your story with us. Yeah, I'm glad the wardrobe consultant said, guys, wear something in the tone of blue as well so you guys match each other. <laughs> Yeah, like we, on 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 Tuesdays we wear blue. That's right. <laughs> you can't um, sit with us. <laughs> so, so everybody, just so you know, if you are wanting to, if you're even still here with us, because we're just having a great time, uh, if you'd like to find out more about Lloyd's of London, Google them. But also, if you want to find out more about CrossFit Edwardsville, be sure to check us out on Google as well. You can read hundreds of just amazing five-star reviews. Also, you can check us out on all the socials, Instagram and Facebook, uh, at CrossFit Edwardsville, as well as I need to amend this. I th- we now are active on TikTok as well, at CrossFit yep. Edwardsville. If you are a... Uh, if and you Twitter. And Twitter. Um, Twitter is not a real place, but you can still find us there. Uh, and then when you are ready, go to... <laughs> you had a comment about that, G, the moment I said Twitter. Is oh, not go ahead, real. man. All right. Twitter's not the real world, but it's a great place to lose yourself. Uh, not like Eminem, but when you are ready, everybody to reach out to us, go to CrossFitEdwardsville.com. And what do they do, G, when they are there? 
they could talk to us and we'll help to craft what does their journey to looking their best, feeling their best, performing their best look like. We'll help you to identify what your superpowers are and help you to take them to that next level. Boom. Yeah. So all you got to do is book a no sweat conversation. And if you are not in the Glen Ed area and you want to find out more about us as well, uh, there's plenty of ebooks and, and things on the website as well, resources for you to check out. So again, that is CrossFitEdwardsville.com. Uh, but we're going to let you guys get out of the here for now. I'm Dallas saying thank you. Coach G, thank you so much. And as we always like to say, have a championship day. 